0: Everyman man podcast Everyman. oh Ooh. we got to set up a singing mic i'm telling you we need a singing mic uh because that was just too sweet mr campbell uh,
1: yeah. melodious you know we're melodious oh Jay.
0: melodious on both counts daryl campbell jr my brother and faithful friend co-host extraordinaire what's happening bro
1: and you know what? Again, I say it every time, but the J. It's just me and you in the cosmic canoe, through and through, bro. Just trying to spread some light, spread some love, and and just um, just do every man things, bro. That's it.
0: Well, that's I've, what it's all about. You know, these last these last couple episodes, we've certainly been doing that. Uh, you know, I want to take an opportunity here to uh, thank a couple gentlemen. So, you know, we've both been um. We've been on our, our everyman grind, you know, our, mm-hmm. our our work lives, our professional lives have kept us busy, we've been on, we've been traveling, I've been, I've driven uh, more miles in the last three weeks than I think I've ever driven in a 60-day period, yeah. and, uh, you know, I'm just getting started, it's only going to keep going, and uh, we had, you know, sometimes, you know, shit happens in life, and uh, you have to make adjustments on the fly, and, you know, Daryl reached out, his, his uh, everyman journey at NFL Films took him over the 24-hour mark, and he said, you know yeah. what? I can't even see straight. So yep, I said, okay. Bro, go yep. ahead. Let's just take a nap. I'll mm-hmm. take care of this. And uh, you know, I wanted to take an opportunity to thank my good friend Alex Sakura, aka the Bad Panda, the fantasy Hell football yeah, phenom, uh, for for stepping in and uh co hosting the show with me last week, all the way from Hawaii. So aloha Hawaii. to you.
1: Aloha, baby. Aloha.
0: Aloha to you, my brother, and um, also Jose Martinez, our field producer and Philadelphia mm-hmm. Union correspondent, joined us to give us a little hit on what's going on with the Philadelphia Union. Got us all pumped up for that because oh yeah, we're ready for an MLS Cup. Mm-hmm. It's time it's getting getting husky, baby. It's Come time on. for Philly to take home another chip. So uh, shout out to uh, Jose and Alex again. Thank you very much, guys, for. For stepping into being with us there and uh, you know we just want to take a second also you know thank the everyman universe for, for hanging with us and, and exactly. listening to this stuff and interacting with us and you know um, we've been uh, we've had an awesome year so far and we're, we're getting close to one year uh, in this thing and mm-hmm. uh, only to have many more years beyond that and it's really it's really been wild you know we've we've been you know, on the top, the top of the, the the Apple charts in Canada and the U.S. and mm-hmm. um, all over the world. You know, in the education category, in the comedy category, believe it or not, sports and entertainment category. <laughs>
1: we're we're funny
0: guys. We're know? we're we're banging and clanging, clipping and dripping, and yep. uh, you know, we're gonna get ready to ho- hopefully put out a scat album soon. So we're gonna be coming at you live Absolutely. there. And uh, you know, I have looked into it, and uh, there is a there is a way we could get ourselves nominated for best male duo vocal-only performance uh, at next year's uh, Grammy Awards. So keep an eye out for yeah. that. Yeah. Go ahead I'm and keep an it. eye out for that. Uh, today today on the Everyman Podcast, um, awesome, awesome interview with our man Jeremy Holt. Oh, yeah. He's, oh, yeah. He's, um, he's a world-class strength and conditioning coach based out of Nashville, and he's got a company, Elite um and uh like I said there in the Nashville area and you can you can check out the show notes and get all his links below. Um he's a guy who, you know, talk about work ethic.
1: Yeah, man. Hungry, humble, um, you know, just just an amazing dude, just an amazing dude. And he has he has his head on straight, man. You know what I mean? And I say that with the utmost and with, with, a mon, with a with a monsoon of respect because, you know, we need more people like Jeremy Holt out here who understand that, and, and this is what we talk about all the time, Brother Jay, is about being a light for, for those around us. And, um, you know, sometimes you might be, Brother Jay, myself, all of our Everyman listeners, you might be the only light that somebody sees in the world. You know what I'm saying? You might be the only thing. And if your light's bright, if you're out here getting it, if you're grinding it until you become self-reliant, you know, holders of your own destiny, which is what we're all about on the Everyman podcast, then you'll be just like my brother Jay. You'll be like Jeremy Holt. And um, you'll be blazing a trail for people around you that, you know, kind of live fighting through arbitrary turbulence, fighting through some dark times um, that, that need to see the way. And and if you can uh, lead them, why not? You know, why not? So.
0: Well said, brother. Um, you know, I, I agree. And, you know, Jeremy, it was uh, it was awesome having him, you know, kind of give us a little bit of his philosophy on on how to get better and. You know uh, he he gets some said some stuff that really hit home to me um, you know about uh, being being better than everyone else in your small town but then when you put yourself out there you got to really work Um, Mm -hmm. and uh, that's that that shit really hits home so um, you know thank you to Jeremy for being on the on the everyman and uh, we hope you guys enjoy this and um, if you're enjoying the show go ahead leave us a review on iTunes uh, leave us a review on Spotify SoundCloud Stitcher wherever you're listening to us um, if if you're getting the uh, the the type outs in the mail uh, via via the carrier pigeons, uh, <laughs> thank you, thank you for signing up on that, and um, you know stick with it because uh, we've got a Christmas card coming. So, um, you know I say we uh, we take it to Mister Holt. Let's make it happen. Joining us today on the Everyman Podcast is not only an entrepreneur, but a world-class strength and conditioning coach. He is the owner of Ath Elite Performance in Nashville. Ladies and gentlemen, the one and only Jeremy Holt. Hey. What's
2: going on, guys? How y'all doing?
0: Hey, man. What's man? We're doing good. Good to have you here. So, Jeremy, tell our listeners, who are you, where are you, and what are you up to?
2: I uh, mean, like you said, a uh, sports performance trainer, uh, Nashville, Tennessee, uh, born and raised. So I'm one of the last of a dime breed here, man. People are moving every day. So it's, it's becoming you know, a hotbed for people to uh, come down here and move and, and start, start their business, start their lives. So it's cool.
0: A lot of transplants down there. We've actually had quite a few uh, everyman guests from the Nashville area, a lot of music nice. people down there, too.
2: Oh yeah, pick up a guitar and move to Nashville, that's what we do.
0: <laughs> that's the move. So so growing up in Nashville, were you uh, were you an athlete from from the start?
2: Yeah man, so I started playing baseball when I was four, uh, started playing football, tackle football when I was five, you know, I look down upon now, but uh, yeah, so I've been playing ball since uh, since four and five years old, so I haven't looked back since.
0: What was your first nice. love? Was it baseball, do you think?
2: <laughs> baseball was definitely my first love, man. I think I gave up on it a little bit too early, but uh, you know... Uh, I just, I fell in love. I fell in love with football, and I felt like I was better at football. But baseball's still my first love. So, I, I what'd you play? play. Uh, I played center, and I played uh, sometimes I play left field. So okay. center and left.
0: All yeah, right. putting the athlete out in the outfield, you
2: have to. Yeah, just just put him out there. Yeah, just put him out there. Nah, no, it was fun though, man. I played with a lot of uh, a lot of some of my best friends today. So it's cool. We still keep in touch. We still uh, hang out. So it's all good.
0: Now, one of the things I'm really interested in when I get a chance to talk to you know elite world class athletes like yourself and Daryl Campbell here is that you know I'm I, I'm an athlete in the sense that uh, I appreciate it and I enjoy it and I, and I like to exercise but you know I'm nowhere near the level that you guys are and I, I find it very <laughs> I find it very impressive some of like the physical. Feets. You know, I went and worked out with Daryl once and I was thrown up like within 20 minutes of, uh, of being there. He got me good quick, you know, but I finished the workout. You, I couldn't walk <laughs> I couldn't walk for five days. He's, he's got me doing a ladder picking up casino chips with my ass cheeks It was it was awful. It was uh, he killed me, but um, but you know, I did the work, you know It was it was a great experience So but uh, one of the things I'm fascinated about is like when did you realize that you were kind of separating uh, from the pack athletically?
2: um honestly i was always you know pretty middle of the pack maybe a little bit ahead um but i would say probably my junior sophomore junior year high school um really my junior year high school is when i started to you know Separate myself from the pack And honestly it wasn't because of any Athletic ability or you know any uh, You know freakish You know size or gross bird or anything It honestly was just I'd spent a lot of time in the weight room I spent a lot of time just perfecting my Craft and working hard um, In order to separate myself I had a shot to play my sophomore year uh, Got my feet wet um, And ended up breaking my wrist So ended my season early And so after that you know, I really just made it a point to work hard um, and get myself back to that playing form. And I knew that I would have an opportunity to start my junior year. So I wanted to make sure that I didn't, uh, I didn't let anybody down. So uh, I definitely put in a whole lot of work between my sophomore and junior year. And that's when I started to see myself separate.
0: Nice. What position were you playing in uh, high school at that point?
2: I was running back. Uh, we ran the old school wing tee, so I had my hand in the dirt, and, uh, you know, we just got after it, ran the trap, nice. ran the bug sweep, so it was cool, man, I loved it. H- who'd you Who's model your game back? after? Say what?
0: Who, who'd you model your game after?
2: Man, my favorites, man, I, I, it's crazy, so, you know, I was back when, in the era when Reggie Bush was real cool. Um, the coolest, Reggie so Bush. Man, you guys remember that commercial? yeah, <laughs> yeah reggae, reggae. bush <laughs> but i was also an old head man in a sense so i loved you know barry sanders i loved uh emma smith Ladanian thompson like those were my guys so like yeah. any of them you know those were who i watched on sundays and those were who i tried to emulate what about sweetness you like what like uh, like payton man sweetness was he was so much smoother than me you know i was a little, <laughs> i was a little jittery but yeah sweetness was great man he's he's definitely you know top two all the time if you want to argue yeah
0: (laughs) watching him play it's like it it seems like that there's somebody messing with the tape like it's not like did they smooth it down when he's running or something or slow it down (laughs) or slow them down like how does how is he moving like that and it's just uh, one one of a kind man one of a kind yeah so did you did you have your your eyes set like in high school Did you think like okay i want to go i want to go to the nfl like when did you decide that that your goal was going to be to be a professional athlete
2: um. It's funny. So, like, I found this old piece of paper uh, in my mom's house in the closet that she had uh, been cleaning out my room when I moved out um, for college, and I wrote on it, I want to be a professional basketball player. Mm-hmm. And so I think I had always had my mindset on sports from the time I was five years old. Um, and I think when I got to... Probably my, like I said, my sophomore, junior year of high school, and I started separating myself, and I started getting letters of interest from colleges, you know, I was like, you know what, like, this is what I want to do, nice. I want to I play at the next level, and I want to go, and I want to play ball on Sundays, and, and I heard people always tell me, you got to have a plan B, you got to have a plan B, you got to have a plan B, but for me, it was like, you know, I'm just going to put everything in this basket, and I'm going to go as hard as I can, I'm going to give it every ounce of energy I got. Uh, and I'm going to try to make it. So I think it was always a mindset for me to uh, to make it to the league from my junior year on.
0: Where did you end up uh, going to school for college?
2: Um, I went to Harding University. It's a small Division II school um, in Arkansas, in Searcy, Arkansas. Um, and great school. Uh, shout out to Harding University, man. They, they had a really good season last year. They're still doing well. So uh, having a good season this year. And boys, uh, they work real hard. So, um, yeah. I went to a small division two school um in arkansas and it was crazy how i ended up there i didn't have any offers coming out of high school um and we played my senior uh my, the state championship game and after the state championship game one of the coaches came up to me and he was like do you have a highlight tape and it was kind of in the era where I didn't really know, like, there was no huddle. There weren't all these other, you know, like, yeah. cool things to send your highlights out. You had to have somebody film your game, and then you had to cut it up, and I didn't know how to do that. So I didn't have any highlight tape, no highlights, no nothing. Um, and so this coach, when he, when I told him I did have a highlight tape, he sat down, he filmed in his living room the game tape uh, and sent it, to the coaches at Harding and they came to school that next week and offered me a full scholarship. Wow. And I was like, I'm Yo, that's on the spot. gangster. So it was uh, <laughs> it was it was one of the biggest blessings ever. Um, just to be able to have school paid for. So Yo, that's awesome.
0: That's incredible. So now once you got to school, were you kind of thinking, okay, now that I have this opportunity, I got a scholarship, Maybe I should kind of prepare for something outside of football or were you still at this point saying, Okay, this is this is the whole deal right here?
2: Man, honestly I still wasn't. Uh, I got to school. Uh, I didn't I I I didn't declare for a major. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I just you knew I wanted to play ball. Um, I, you know, looked up to guys like Miles Austin and Tony Romo and guys who went to small schools, went undrafted. Um, and especially Division Two schools, there was guys who, you know, there was a guy who went to Harding uh, Tank, who ended up playing, um, winning the Super Bowl with the Giants the second time around when they beat the Patriots. Oh. Uh, and so for me, it was like, man, I don't care where I go, as long as I'm playing ball, like they'll find me. So yeah. that was my mindset. I was, I, I just got to make sure that I ball out, make sure I do what I do, and. Uh, they'll find me so i still didn't have my eyes set on anything else but playing ball even going into college even though i knew like i was going to a small school the odds were stacked up against me um and you know i didn't really have the best shot of making it i still wanted to give it everything i had
0: now did you have to uh transition to a different position in college or did you stay at running back
2: so i stayed at running back it was a it was a tough it was a tough transition for me when i got to college um not in that necessarily aspect of the game. My freshman year, um, I had a really good season, and we ran the uh, spread offense. So big transition from wing T, you know, handing the dirt to now I'm back there running, you know, zone left, zone right, you know, and I'm out wide playing F and everything. But yeah. it was cool, man. I loved it. I had a lot of good success, and it got the ball in space, was able to do what I do well. Um, and then my sophomore year, yeah, it was my junior year. Excuse me. My junior year, we switched to the triple option. Okay. So that was one of the biggest transitions I had as far as like stepping back and understanding, okay, now this offense is not wide open anymore. It doesn't yeah. utilize my talents as much as I would want it to um, from a scat back standpoint. So um, – I had to learn how to affect and learn how to uh, make a positive impact on the game from the special teams and from all different areas and aspects of the game, not just, hey, let's give him the ball in space and hope he can make a couple, couple people miss and go. You
0: yeah. know, one of the things we talk about here on the Everman Podcast a lot, whether it's you know, athletes like yourself or um, musicians or people working in in the corporate environment is that when you put yourself as a part of a team and and something bigger than yourself that you believe in, there's no job that's too small, that's unimportant. And, you know, your role might change when a new coach comes in or a new manager comes in or whatever, and you're still part of the team. And, you know, instead of maybe getting those looks at third downs, maybe now you got to, like you said, contribute as a gunner or contribute as a blocker here or there. Um, And that's that takes a real, you know, mature uh, perspective to know when it's time to start contributing in different ways.
2: Yeah, man, it was it was cool, man. So uh, it was it was definitely one of those instances uh, because I think my sophomore and junior year, I mean, my freshman and sophomore year, I was I was getting at least, you know, 10 to 12 minimum touches a game, uh, whether Mm -hmm. it was a screen pass, zone left, zone right. Um, you know, whatever it was, I was getting a lot of, I was getting a lot of touches and then we go to triple option and you know, I'm the wing back, so I'm actually the slot guy, so I'm not getting a lot of touches because I'm the third guy on the read. You know, he's got he's got the up back who he'll get yeah. then he'll keep and then he pitches his last option. So yeah. um, for me I went from getting, you know, ten ten plus touches to maybe four a game. And then if teams key me and they wanna keep me out of the game. Um, you know, I may not get any touches game. So I had to really, really, really make, you know, uh, make it a point to try to make this positive impact on the game in every other way, whether it was kick returns, punt returns, uh, whatever it was when they put me out there, I tried to just do my best to give it my all.
0: How'd that affect was, your preparation? Uh, I'm sorry. I'm sorry, there, How'd that affect your preparation?
2: Uh, man, it didn't affect it at all. Cause I knew, uh, every single time I went out there, I was going to give a hundred percent. So if, uh, if I let my, you know, impact of the game and how I thought I was gonna, you know, be able to perform, affect my preparation, I feel like I would have slacked a little bit. So um, I definitely prepared every week like I was gonna be the featured guy, even though um, I may not have been.
1: Well, springboarding off that preparation, uh, big hope. Uh, I'm just, I'm just kind of thinking about it in terms of like my career playing, playing D tackle, DN in the league, and even just in, the, in uh, coming out in college in Notre Dame. Whenever there was a situation where, like, you know, things got a little bit hectic or there was some adversity, I'd always go back into the work. You know what I'm saying? Like, I remember yeah. you said it in, in high school. We had an issue with your with your wrist, and you broke your wrist. You went right back to the work. Did that same situation happen to you in college? Like, hey, you know, I'm going back into the weight room. I'm gonna bang this thing out. I'm gonna actually try to, you know, uh, come back a little bit stronger so I can be prepared for whatever this offense might have for me, even though it doesn't, you know, fit my uh, my skill set.
2: Oh, yeah. Um, I was definitely became even more of a workaholic uh, my junior and senior year of college because I knew that for me, um, I wasn't going to put up the crazy, crazy numbers anymore like I was my freshman and sophomore year. Um, I might have great touches per carry or even good good yards per carry or yards per touch, but it wasn't necessarily going to be one of those situations where, hey, we got to give this guy a look because he's getting 12 carries and 100, you know. 85 yards a game. So um, I spent a lot of time working. I actually started perfecting my craft as a wide receiver um, because I knew that uh, I had to be able to bring everything to the table for these NFL scouts. Um, and so I started perfecting my craft as a wide receiver, learned how to run routes. And because of that, they actually utilized me uh, as a wide receiver in the triple option from time to time too. So I got a lot of routes um, that – they added to the offense um, as well. So it was one of those things where I just tried to make myself uh, an all-around player um, from the offensive standpoint so that I could affect the game in every single way.
0: Nice. Now, when your college career is starting to wind down here, what were you thinking in terms of what your next steps were going to be?
2: Um, so right right towards the end of my college career, I think my last, my last game, um after my last game I sat down in my living room um with my boy who was a junior on the team. Um he was an upcoming senior and he and I sat and we talked about, you know, like just what I was gonna do and I told him I had one or two agents that I've been talking to um now that the season had ended and I didn't know who I wanted to sign with ended up signing with the agent out of Little Rock, Arkansas. Um and I was just gonna go the whole. He, he got me into a, a a pro day at Arkansas State, um, and I did really, really well at that pro day. Um, and after that pro day, um, I, we also had another pro day for our conference that I went to. Um, and so I worked out. I worked out for probably I would say twelve to thirteen NFL scouts um, at that conference day and uh, didn't get any calls back came back home um and while i was back home i got a phone call from one of my boys jordan rogers at vanderbilt um he was coming out that year he had a couple of highly touted receivers but they were all juniors so they couldn't work out for him at his pro day so he needed somebody to throw to and this is where you know me perfecting my craft as a wide receiver actually helped me out a lot um And so Vanderbilt had their pro day, uh, and I actually got to run routes with Jordan, and I caught the eyes of the Giants and the Eagles. Um, And they ended up uh, talking to me, brought me in um, for meetings. And, uh, And nothing came out of that, but one of the CFL scouts was there um and, and he ended up reaching out to my agent and i ended up getting into one of their camps and playing with them and played in the cfl for a couple of years uh bounced around with a few different teams and um uh, that was when i realized you know what it's just not one of those things is going to happen for me and it's not anything that i did wrong it's just god is sending me in a different direction and i gotta mm-hmm. run i gotta go with
0: it it's you know speaking from experience um so it, that can be a very difficult, um, path to cross when you get there. And it's, so you're lucky if you're, uh, you're able to, to make it, make that decision yourself and not have something bad happen to you, like an injury or, uh, you know, something, something crazy going on um, yeah. where you realize that. And, and we talk on the, on the Everyman about, about making those pivots and using your tools. So you realize it's not it's not happening. So what was what was your first thought and like how did that lead to what you're doing now with athlete?
2: Um so honestly I'd always had a passion for working, uh training. Uh, and I had always been around it. I'd always been in it. There hadn't been a time in my life since I was a sophomore that I hadn't, you know, put in a ton of work in the weight room on the field, perfecting my craft. And so um even in college I would I would I would looking back on it. I was leading workouts that I didn't even know I was leading um, because I would, it'd be a, you know, Thursday night during, you know, the off season and it'd be me, a couple of my roommates, a couple of boys are in there, we're lifting, we're doing some extra work and they're all looking at me like, yo, what we got next? And I'm like, all right, we're going to do some bench. We're going to do this. We're going to do this. And uh, you know, and this is just extra work on top of what our strength coach had us doing. And so, you know, I'm just, I'm online, I'm looking up stuff. i you know, just finding different ways and different things to do, making up drills, making up footwork drills out on the turf, doing all nice. that extra stuff. And, uh, you know, it's just, it just all stemmed from that. And so by the time that I had finished, you know, um, playing ball, um, I still had that passion. I still had that drive in me to continue to work hard and continue to, you know, stay in shape. And, and I ended up getting a job at a gym in Nashville um, that allowed me to work with younger athletes. Um, So I started working with, you know, some athletes, you know, 12 years old, helping them get better uh, with their footwork, helping them get better in the weight room, whatever perspective sport they were. So it was just all around sports specific training. Whatever you played, I would help you I would help you get better at it. Um, And it just kind of took off from there. Next thing you know, I'm working with high school athletes, football players around the area um, and getting connected in different, you know, with different, um, people around. And, you know, next thing you know, like some of these kids are getting scholarships to go play at you know, division one, high level division one schools. And their dads are coming back to me and they're like, man, like, this is all because of you. Like, you know, when you started working with, you know, Landon, he was just here and now, you know, he's all the way. And now he's got offers to go to Mississippi state and Vanderbilt and, you know, wherever he wants to go. And so, um, It was one of those things where I took pride in actually getting the most out of people and getting the best out of each and every individual because, you know, I see it in everybody I come across. Like, I know you have the talent and the potential to do it. It's just, are you going to be able to put in the work ethic to get there? Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's one of the things I pride myself on is just being able to pull that out of people.
0: You know, one of the things I think that is so desperately important for for everyone, but specifically young men, um, is, is this idea of mentorship and, you know, I have been blessed in, in a sense that I've I've been able to go through my life and connect with people that were mentors to me and even somebody like my brother Daryl here you know he's my brother but there's so many things that I learned from just from being with him on this journey and like I'm, I'm always open to these new these new ideas and even you know so getting to talk to people like yourself Jeremy um, but you know I think even though what i think what these fathers are probably realizing is like even you can have the best father-son relationship but there's certain things like not every man can give everything to their their child and like Mm -hmm. you know when you can kind of come into a family's life and 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 give those tools to a young man that that's something that was missing they can go so far with it and i know i think back to you know like you know my my drum teacher carrie watson like he came into my life and Gave me some resources and some tools that I was able to take a whole lot further than, I, you know, than I would have been otherwise. So um, that's really cool to see that uh, that you have that, you know, that bond. And do, do you is that something that you really um, you, you, you were aware that you were going to be getting involved in? Or did you think it was like, oh, I'm just going to be training these kids and we'll see what happens?
2: I mean, I'm a people person, I always have been, but no, I didn't know like how much it was going to really, really, you know, affect. Like, I, I go see these kids, um, and they're like all like little brothers to me, honestly. Um, yeah. You know, I love each and every one of them, and and I want them to do well because I see myself in every single one of them, and I know exactly what they're thinking. I know they're all thinking, "Hey, I gotta make it. Like, I gotta make it to the league," and so I understand that. So I tell them, like, "Listen." I'm okay with you putting all your eggs in your basket, but at the same time, you got to understand it. You don't have to make it. Like you can still be whatever you want to be, um, you know, just by learning these attributes of hard work and putting in the time. Because this is what's going to set you up for life afterwards. Because I think the game of football and training are very similar in the fact that it teaches you so much just about life, more so than the game. Um, there's so many different lessons that come with you know training and so many different lessons that come with overcoming adversity um, and things like that that you just you really can't learn until you actually you know go through it um, and so I think training teaches you that football and the games that you play teach you that so um that's why I just kind of push these guys to give everything they got because I know that it's setting them up for, you know, later on in life when life gets hard with your family and you don't quit. You know, when life gets hard with your child and you don't quit. Because um, it's more so, you know, about that than it is about how many touchdowns you score, or how many tackles you make.
0: Amen. Amen, bro.
1: Love that, man. Love that, Hope. Love that.
0: So when did you start getting involved with training uh, and coaching NFL players?
2: Um. So... It was crazy. I actually had um, I had it was around the same time uh, in the same year I started. I had a sophomore, a little sophomore white wide receiver from Louisiana Tech that came in and uh, he was looking for somebody to train his family. Just moved to Nashville. Um, And so I took him in. And I remember the first time we worked out. Uh, I kicked his butt and he was like, Yo, every time I come back home, I'm coming to you. Um and then like I said, he was five eight, 180 pounds, soaking wet. So he wasn't really like, you know, this big, big prospect. Uh, but this kid and I were very, very similar in our work ethic. He put in a lot of work. Uh, he ended up getting invited to the senior bowl, bought out the senior bowl, um, and he ended up getting drafted by the 49ers. So that was one of my first clients. Along the same time, um, his name is Trent Taylor, by the way. And uh, along the same time, my boy Benny Cunningham, who had grown up in Nashville um, and had played high school football against me all throughout our career, so I knew about him. He went to MTSU. He was just coming off of an injury. Um, but he had, he had had a successful career, a uh, very, very successful career at MTSU and got uh, went undrafted. Um, got picked up by the Rams in St. Louis at the time and uh, he was coming back home every off season. Uh he was working out he was doing his thing but he's like I need a little bit of extra so he hit me up and so Trent and Benny Cunningham uh, Trent Taylor and Benny Cunningham were my first two clients and they both hit me up at the same time when we started working working out that uh, that season before Trent's rookie year and before uh, Benny's second year or third year I think it was before Benny's third year so those were my first clients and man they've you know obviously talking me up to all their teammates all their boys and um it's been a great great um tool of word of mouth that's allowed me to get to where i am today nice
0: it really seems like the common thread here my man is is just you know hard consistent effort and treating people well and uh that just carries on to your next opportunity and uh, people wanting to help you do things
2: Mm -hmm. yeah man uh just that, that hard, hard work and just that continuous grind, uh, especially when you've been an entrepreneur, man. It's, it's nobody's going to work harder for you than you. And I learned that. Mm. Um, really, I learned that when I was playing ball because um, I felt like, you know, I was going through a point in time where I wasn't getting any phone calls from teams and, you know, um, I felt like, you know, my agent's not doing his work for me. Like, he's supposed mm. to be calling his team. He's supposed to be doing this and that. Yeah. And then my boy, he was sitting there, he's like, bro, ain't nobody going to work harder for yourself than you. So if you want these teams to call you back, like, you make sure, like, you reach out to them. Like, yeah. so I started reaching out to teams. I started calling, you know, GMs and directors of player personnels and yep. local scouts. And, you know, that's when I learned, like, at this point, like, if you want to do what you want to do, like, you got to make sure you put in the work. Like, you can't be, yeah. you know, out here expecting other people to do your dirty work for you. So it's helped me out a lot, especially in this entrepreneurship world that I'm in.
1: Yeah, networking is key, man. It's, yep. it's actually it's it's it one is. of the most. I've, it's I think it's one of the most sought-out things that you know people talk about networking and they say oh man You know all you gotta do is you know go to this event and go there and talk and so many people are self-conscious and doing it But that's the way you spread your yourself around man That's mm-hmm. the way people get a chance to understand who you are so they can work with you and yeah. uh, especially in the NFL man like if it wasn't for me meeting my wife Candace and her telling me hey listen I know your agent is Ken Kramer and Tom Connor from IMG. I know these these people They they send in the cover letters out every week, but but at the end of the day, if ain't nobody calling you back, if you're in between teams, like just like you said, ho, ain't nobody going to work harder than you at trying to reach out to these teams. And then so, then my, so then my wife was the first person that said, you know what, babe, I'm going to do this for you the first time, but then you got to do it going after that. Yep. If it wasn't for my wife saying, hey, listen, let Ken, and, let, let Ken and Tom kind of do their thing with IMG. You try this way. So while they were sending their cover letters out every week, I was calling the Baltimore Ravens and Miami Dolphins, yeah. everybody else, and putting together different packages to send them to all of their player personnel guys, you know, in their emails and stuff. It ain't nothing like just researching on Google and find a, an NFL yeah. black, and then just getting all the resources that way and just sending all of the information out. Next thing you know, I got a I got an interview, I got a I got a uh, I got a shot in camp with the Baltimore Ravens, and I end up finding out that my head that my my defensive line coach is the. Is the linebacker coach for the Ravens at that time? He's like, DC, what the hell you been at? I was like, man, I've been trying exactly. to get, back, you know what I'm saying? And then, exactly. uh, I, you know, obviously uh, after that, I let my agents go, and it was cool because it was it was a, it was a mutual thing, and they mm-hmm. understood what it was like I understood it was, but. If it wasn't for my wife, I would have never stumbled upon that. That because you, because you what, you, what you do is you, you put your faith in other people to do stuff because you trust them, right? Yeah, exactly. And and and, and I love the, I could talk to Ken Kramer and Tom Condon to this day, and we boys, we we still buddies, you know. But as business wise, it just didn't work out for us. But you know, they understood what it was, and as a matter of fact, to this day, they commend me for going ahead and doing that because yeah. you know it just is like when if you're not. To be a part of the one percent is one thing, and that's a God-given. That's 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 just a blessing, right? Yeah. To be a part one percent of the one percent, like when I was there, like freaking Peyton Manning was 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 a part of that same. <laughs> like, hey man, I ain't on that. I ain't on that spectrum. Like, just yeah. that's just. But you know, it's it all comes back to the work. It all comes back to networking, and you know, it it also comes back to just like you were saying, you putting yourself out there. You making you blazing the trail for your own path, which does nothing but not it, it not only helps you but it helps those around you, you know what I yeah. mean? So, oh, yeah, big ups to you on that, Hope, for real. I
2: appreciate that, man. Appreciate
0: it. Yeah, it's not like there's a book that's like, uh, how to make it in the NFL, you know, like you
2: just, <laughs> yeah, you
0: just grab the book, and you're like, oh, okay, I'll just, yeah, all right, no problem. <laughs> Score touchdowns, get noticed, yeah, <laughs> for real. No, now what I now. Wish. Now, so, some of the uh, – I know you're a humble guy here, but I don't want to put you on the spot. But I, who are some of the NFL players that you're, you're currently working with?
2: Um, so right now, um, working with, like I said, Trent Taylor, Benny Cunningham. Um, Tajay is one of my guys. Corey Davis. Uh, <laughs> Corey Davis said, had a big day today. Corey Davis bought out today, man. I'm glad they finally got him the ball. You know, I know it's tough down there. So uh, I'm, I'm glad they got him the ball. But, yeah, he's, he's one of my guys. Uh Dante Hightower, um, George Kittle, Rob Tanyan. Big uh, fan of George Kittle. Yeah, George Kittle's a man, bro. I, uh, I actually got him through Trent, so. Nice. um, He's a beast, dude. Yeah, George is a beast, man. He's, he's, he's one of the, one of the hardest workers I know, man. That dude comes in every day and, and just, you know, just like you see him, always hype, always happy, always, always, you know, always Always ready to get the grind, but he knows, he knows when to flip the switch and knows when to work, too, so, uh. Yeah, that's one. That's one of my dudes, man. Um, CJ Uzama, uh, he's a tight end for the uh, Bengals. Um, So, man, and the list goes on, man. It's a lot of guys that are in and out, bouncing around teams, uh, and you know, a lot of dudes that I'm super proud of that you know just come in and work every day. Um, So. Yo, let me
1: ask you a question real quick. How important is it to stay humble and hungry in the in the industry, man, in, in your business? Just because you, when I when I do research on you, I got I see things like you know John Lynch, GM for the Forty ers you know pumping pump your name up, you know, in 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 um, in conjunction with guys like you know Kittle. And saying, "Hey, you know, you're one of the the main reasons why their offseason programs are extended, you know, beyond you know just uh, the NFL campus. You know what I mean? Like, you're one of the you're one of the main reasons that things are going well for uh, you know the players on the team. So, how 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 is it to uh, how important is it to stay hungry and humble? You know, when you have accolades like that coming from people uh, from top tier people like like John Lynch, man.
2: Man, it's it it's not hard for me because I understand that like only the paranoia survive. And I know that the higher up you get, the more people that are coming to get you. Um, and it's not in a bad way. It's just like, you know, I get a DM every day just from somebody that's like, man, I'm aspiring to be like you, man. You're an inspiration to me. You know, I, I, I love what you do. Keep going. And so, like, that in of itself is like something, you know, a little bit of motivation to keep pushing me. But, you know, at the same time, it's always like, hey, this could be the next guy because, I mean, I was right. just the next guy at one point. You know, I was just a dude who liked training who was training. I'm sure there was plenty of people who had been training, you know, for a long long time before me, um, there were like, um, you know, there's another dude, you know, stepping into the, you just like been a realist, you know, right now. So mm-hmm. many people are trainers. Um, so what separates you and what are you going to continue to do to separate yourself? Um, mm-hmm. and so that's one of the things that I pride myself on is just always trying to make sure that I never, ever, ever, um, you know, let my success be my defeat. Uh, so it's just one of those things where you got to always stay humble. Um, and, and understand that you're in a situation because of you know your hard work, and you're in a situation because of uh, the blessings this guy gave you. But at the same time, you got to utilize them. You got to make sure that you take advantage of it every single day. Um, it's one of those things. Like I look at guys like you said, the one percent of the one percent, like mm-hmm. the Tom Brady's, the Peyton Manning's, the Lebrons, and yeah, you know, like. They're gifted just like everybody else is gifted uh, because they're in that 1%. But what separates them, and I think what separates them is, you know, once they got there, they weren't okay with just being there. You know, they wanted to mm-hmm. be the greatest. You know, a lot of people say, I want to be the greatest and ever play the game. But I think your actions have to show that. And you look at guys like Kobe or LeBron or Tom Brady or Peyton and – one thing that you can't do is you can't say that they don't spend tireless amounts of hours, whether it's Peyton Manning watching film, whether it's Kobe, you know, like I looked at this thing on Kobe. It was like, his schedule was crazy. That dude wake up at like 3 a.m., text the trainer and be like, Hey, meet me in the you know facility in an hour. And then dude's getting shots up at 4 a.m., going to workout, coming back. And I mean, it's like a 4 a.m. to 8 p.m. thing, like every day with him. <laughs> um, and so like, when you look at guys like that, it makes sense. You're like, okay, yeah, this dude was great, but it was not on accident. It wasn't because he was, you know, just happened to be at the right place at the right time. You know, a lot of people say, like, oh, well, you know, like, right place, right time, LeBron 6'8", and this that and the third, like, the dude works. So um, I just think it's one of those things where you have to continue to always perfect your craft by work and learning and studying and, and understanding that, At any moment, somebody else could do what you're doing. So you got to be paranoid in the sense of, I got to take it the next step. I got to go the next step. I got to keep perfecting my craft and keep getting better every single day.
0: Well, the the proof is in the pudding, too, to a certain extent. I mean, you know, like you're saying, there's every day, you know, you go on social media, there's some new. Uh, uh, you know, social media influencer or whatever that's that's yeah. got the, the 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 trick for six pack abs and this and that and you know yeah. it's not hard. You go in, you can you know um, even man like looking at your Instagram. Like if you go through some of the comments, there's people slinging their wares or whatever it is, and you can you can find people. Um, you know, all over social media, claiming to be the real deal, but the uh, you know the proof is on you know in Sundays and in your case, you know you got some MMA guys out there doing the thing too, and you know, like I said, as long as you're treating people the right way and your in your and your product is right, I mean that's that's the that's the deal right there.
2: Oh yeah, for sure, man. It's it's just one of those things. Yeah, you got to make sure that you know everything you put out there um, and everything that you're gonna. Uh, you know, put out there is, is one thing that you got to be able to be responsible for and be able to back it up. So I got to ask one more question too, hope, you know, what mean? so so uh, in
1: between teams, in between Chicago, in between Tampa, sitting on the shelf, waiting for another call before going to another team. I was a journeyman in the league. I, I didn't stay any one place too long, but I, <laughs> I still bounce around, you know what man. I mean? Yeah. (laughs) So um, in between that, I I worked out with a guy by the name of Tika's Pettigrew. He he, he has uh, he did some sports specific skill specific training like you do um, in a place called Next Level Athletes out in Lyle, Illinois, uh, Northern Illinois, um, uh, Chicago. So, you know, when I'm working with him and his, his thing, his thing was speed, but basketball and volleyball and stuff like that. He had a couple guys from some feeder systems at high schools and whatnot. And I will work with them. What I found most difficult. And, and maybe this is why, you know, and I, I, I feel like I was good because I'm a people person like you. Um, and it worked out. It always worked out with parents and egos and stuff like that. But yeah. my biggest thing, which is what I think you have a gift for is identifying the greatness in people. And then once you identify that, Pulling out even more so they can live up to their potential. How do you do that? You know what I mean? Like, I'm, I mean, like, what, like, I don't, I know there's, I don't know if it's a formula or something, but I mean, I think everybody has, and you mentioned this too, and just, just, just in our conversation that, you know, everybody has that bit of greatness in it, but it's, you know, like the Tom Brady's and the Peyton Manning's and everybody like that, they they didn't settle with their initial greatness. They wanted to be more. And so yeah. they put their work in. But how do you get somebody, because you got, you got kids that come in, man, they got the headphones on, they ain't trying to hear man. what you're saying. That's, you know what I mean? trying to tell you, that, you know, the, the type of kids that you, you ask them if they watch the game, they say, yeah, I watch the game. They watch the highlights. You know what I'm saying? Like, it, they, they it's not about, you know, for them, for me, I say watch the game, did you watch every snap? They like, nah. I watched, you know, the seven-minute thing that was put on NFL.com, you know, VOD. So, like, you know, like, that work, that passion, how do you pull it out of kids so they can just be as great as you see them?
2: You know what I mean? And it's 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 one of those things, man. It's different with every single kid, right? So, like, you got to understand the dynamic of the person that you're speaking to. Mm-hmm. Um, because some kids just have never had to, right? Like, some kids have never had to really turn on that switch because they are so good. Like I got a kid who four star athlete probably gonna get his fifth star by the end of the season. Gonna go anywhere he wants to, um, and so he's just naturally better than everybody. But he doesn't have that. He doesn't have that dog in him at mm-hmm. times, unless he gets beat. Once you beat him, then he's like, oh, okay, turn it on. But I'm like, dude, turn it on all the time. Yeah. And so it's one of those things where you have to get him. And guys like him comfortable with being uncomfortable because they never had to, you know, tap into that uncomfortability of pushing themselves further than they ever had before Mm -hmm. of almost throwing up of almost, you know, like passing out because at the end of the day, like that's, that's, what's going to get you to be great is when you understand that that motor and that level of work ethic is only going to help you in every aspect of life, um, so getting guys to understand that and then getting guys to understand, like, what's your why? Like, why do you, why do you even play football? Like, why are you here? Why are you training? Um, you know, most of the time, like, guys come from broken homes. Guys come from, you know, tough situations. Whatever, whatever their circumstances may be, I try to get them to understand, like, it can't just be about you. Like, you can't just be playing football because it's what suits you and you're just good at it. You got to be playing football, and you want to make it because you want to set your mom up. Like, you want to make sure your mom doesn't have to work. You want to make sure your dad do not have to work. You want to make sure that your little siblings are taken care of. So, like, what's your why? Like, why do you do this? Why are you here? And it's got to be something that drives you when you don't want to go anymore. Because there's going to be a time, like, when you hit a wall and you're like, man, this is too hard. I ain't got no more. But then if you have a why and you have something to look back on and say, it isn't about me. I'm doing this for my mom, then you can go that extra mile. You can go that extra step, that extra rep, that extra set, whatever it is to kind of put in that work to, you know, separate yourself and get better. So it's it's tapping into these guys' mental on a different level than just, hey, come on, I'm going to yell at you and I'm going to try to motivate you and I'm going to try to just yell at you and tell you that you got one more. No, it's like let me tap into your mental real quick. Let me stop yelling. Let me pull you to the side and, you know, talk in your ear a little bit and tell you, like, look, man, look this is this is all you got right now like so at the end of the day like if you playing football for you it's not gonna it's not gonna make it like, you gotta figure out what's your why figure out something else to tap into or pull them to the side hey man look you're already one of the best ones out here but you got to be comfortable being uncomfortable because there's going to be a, a, t- a point in time where you get to the highest level and everybody was good I try to tell them all the time like dude everybody in college packed out the stadium in high school like, every single person in college was the best player in the high school football team. So you're the best player in your high school football team right now. When you go to college, you're going to be another dude. So if you don't learn <laughs> how to work now, yeah, like, it's going you're going to get caught. And then think about multiplying that times 100 to go to the league. And so when you talk to them like that and you can kind of get them to understand the scenarios, because the same thing happened to me, and that's why I'm able to do it. Like, I remember my freshman year, I get to college and I'm like, man, I'm division two, but I was the best running back in the state in Tennessee. You know, I was up for Mr. Football, this that and the third. Like, ain't nobody here like better than me. Like, I'm the best one. Like I was always been the best one. And I got there and I remember we're watching this, we're watching one of my boys' highlight tapes. And I'm like, yo, that dude's doing the same stuff I was doing. That's crazy. <laughs> then we yeah. get out there to practice and he's like, You wanna race? I'm like, Yeah, bro, let's race. So we get down, dude smokes <laughs> me. I'm like, yo, like, I gotta work. Like, I'm not the best one no more. <laughs> yeah. And so, you know, it's one of those things, like, until you've been through it, you don't really understand it. I get calls all the time yeah. from my guys in college, and they're like, yo, Jay, you was right, man. Like, it ain't all sweet up here in college like you, like I thought it was gonna be. Like, we actually gotta work, but I almost died. Yeah. And I'm like, I'm trying to tell y'all, like, but. Now they know that they, they, you know, they understood it and they were aware of it. It wasn't something that, you know, they just was blindsided by it. Didn't know how to react. It's like, yeah. I told you, so now do what we talked about. And they're like, yeah, you're right. So it's one of those things where I try to, I try to prepare them mentally for, for that aspect of, you know, just understanding that you got to have a why it's got to be bigger than you, whatever your why is, it's got to be bigger than you and you got to get comfortable being uncomfortable. Yo.
1: That's love right there, man. That's great advice that's I great advice right there. you know I was
0: going to ask you my my last question what what advice would you give for the young athlete and the everyman out there and I think you just I think you just nailed it right there my yeah, brother it,
1: he, just, he just dropped the mic on and walked off like Obama like, that's was, it, right yeah. there bro so
0: <laughs> Jeremy my
2: fellow Americans
0: <laughs> <laughs> oh man so Jeremy if, if people out there that are listening they want to get more information they want to learn a little bit more how they can get the most out of themselves where can they find you uh, what's your social media and and how can people uh work with you or get some get some training advice from you
2: yeah man so um uh my website is up it's uh www.athlete dot U S. um and then obviously my social media platforms instagram is jholt underscore elite training uh twitter is jholt 23 um and man anybody and everybody that's out there especially in the natural area that wants to get better um at any sport it's not just football it's anything man um, reach out to me hit me up um, love to work with everybody I pride myself in being able to help um, the everyday athlete the everyday man uh, everybody so I um, appreciate you guys having me on here man I really uh, really enjoyed it thanks man, man. It's, it's an honor well, yeah,
0: absolutely we'd love to have you back on Jeremy it's been a pleasure and guys we're going to have all those links in the show notes below so if you're looking for some of that information just scroll down and click the link Jeremy, it's been a pleasure. Have a good one, my brother.
2: Appreciate it. Thanks, Jay. I appreciate y'all, man. I appreciate it.